if you will, open up your Bible or your Bible app, whatever it is you're using. And uh, that's not Facebook. That's a different app. Add the Bible app in your Bible. Open it to Luke's Gospel, the 12th chapter. And we're going to do part two from last week. So if you were here, we talked about this. It's called More Than Money. And so we saw last week that Jesus talked about life is more than money. And if you live in the United States, you might not think life is more than money. Let me say that again. If you live in the United States or a lot of places, you would think that life is not more than money. Money is important, but life is more than money. Everybody awake today? So Luke, the 12th chapter. Now, now when we start hearing these things and uh, reading these scriptures, some people would think then if you become a Christian, it, uh, then money should be not anywhere around your life as though it is an evil thing. And money is not evil. Everybody say that money, money. is not evil. Somebody might say, yeah, but what about that verse, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's not what that verse says. It says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And you cannot have money and love money and fall into that. You can be poor, and it's, so it's not about money. It's people's attitude toward money. Are you with me? Jesus realized that money is a big thing. He taught more on stewardship and things like that than, than many other things uh, that uh, he taught on. He taught on sowing, reaping, planting, harvesting. Now he talked about it in different terms. So if you will, Luke's Gospel, the 12th chapter... We're going to begin reading in verse 23, some of the same verses, but we're going to touch on different things this morning. It says this in verse 23, life is more than food and the body more than clothing. If you were here last week, we went through these scriptures in more detail. And when he's talking about food and clothing, he's really talking about, you know, money, things you need in this life. And so from that statement, life is more than money. Life is more than the stuff you need. Are you with me? Now look down at verse 30. It says this, For all these things, the nations of the world, or the people groups of the world, seek after. Notice he said, life is more than money. And after he explained, and we are not going to go into detail, how God cares and how we don't have to worry about the things we need, he said, for all these things, all the money, the sustenance, all the different things, he said, the nations of the world. So this means you could go anywhere in the world. Doesn't matter if it's a developing nation, what people call third world, that's what people strive for. Whether it's just to get corn and chickens or whatever to 
you know, get them by for the day, for the week. That's what life is to the world. It's, it's a treadmill. It's, you know, a hamster wheel. It's just do that same thing. And what's interesting is the Lord said life is more than just this stuff. But He said the whole world, anywhere you go, that's their highest pursuit in life. Notice verse 30. For all these things the nations of the world seek after or pursue. They make it their priority. And notice it says, and your father knows that you need these things. God knows you need them. He knows that the world seeks after all these things. But God knows you need these things too. Then he said, but seek first. Now that's how it reads in Matthew's gospel. Here it just says, but seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. And then it says, and all these things will be added to you. What's interesting is often people think things and stuff is evil. But we know from reading this that he's not just talking about getting money, getting food, getting clothing. He's talking about a whole different lifestyle that can be had and is supposed to be experienced. Because here's the thing. If I just get the same stuff the world gets by pursuing the Lord, then why do I need to pursue the Lord or the kingdom? If it's just a matter of, I get the same things they get. Because there's more than just that stuff you get when you pursue the kingdom. Are you with me? And so he said, but seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. So those things, quote unquote, can't be evil. They can't be evil in and of themselves. But notice he said there's two ways to get them. You can pursue them, and that will be the, your existence of life. You know, because there are people who get this wrong and think, well, if I pursue God, then I'm not going to have what I need. I'm not going to have a full supply. But if you scan through the Bible very carefully, people who really put the Lord first, and that's a big if. People who really put the Lord first increase in all areas of life. They do. They increase in peace. They increase in joy. They increase in all areas of life. But some people say, well, I just need to go after the money. Now, I'm not saying a person can't work. We can see, and we'll look at some of this in a little bit, Jesus was a carpenter for a long period of time in his life. 
so it's not that you can't work, but we recognize this, that if we put the kingdom first, he said, and we would seek the kingdom. This is such an interesting thing. He gave a guarantee. I would have to ask myself, if the guarantee is not happening, am I really going after the kingdom the way he wants me to go after the kingdom and kingdom affairs? Because he said, if I would seek the kingdom of God, these things would be added to my life. Everything that I can look around and see that the world is pursuing. You know what's so awesome about this? Is that it's not subject to an economy. Because an economy is based on a government or a kingdom. The United States. You know, I, I was reading some news the other day, and we, if, you're, if you look at news, you realize, you know, Russia has been in the center of the news lately because they have the Ukraine basically surrounded with troops. They've got almost 190,000 troops there. And then I was re reading some of the political stuff. They said this, they said, if... Putin doesn't attack, he's got to leave. Because their, their government is hard hit financially and they're not doing well. So they can't keep it up. Either they got to move on it or get out because it's just costing too much money and they don't have the money. Now let me just say this. That means that different kingdoms, different governments are better off or worse off than others. Are you with me? And so, wherever you live, so if somebody listened to this, and they were in Russia, and the environment around them was strained financially, then does this not work? Now remember what he said. He said, seek first, the kingdom, or seek the kingdom. He said the people who are of this earthly kingdom or kingdoms, they pursue money. Well then, some prosperity is going to be based to some degree on the influence of that natural government. Are you with me? Now, somebody can always get real far ahead anywhere. But in a general sense... There is more opportunity here in the United States because of, first of all, how our country was founded in seeking God first. Are you with me? And so because of that, we can operate and get out of this kingdom. But there's another side to it. If we're only depending on this natural kingdom when we are part of a, now I'm talking people who are saved, born again, given their life to the Lord, we're part of another kingdom. And just like the natural kingdom influences stuff, this spiritual kingdom, when pursued, 
will influence stuff too. Because notice he said these things would be added to your life. Notice he said they would not be taken from you. How many people have thought, well, if I really do this, it'll be taken from me. No, God wants to enhance your life in every way. Earth is just a foreshadow of something to come. When we get to heaven, there's not anybody who's not going to have a mansion. People who don't even hardly know the Bible know, oh yeah, when you get to heaven, you get a mansion. People know, oh, the pearly gates, because they're a giant pearl, if you read in the Bible. The streets are gold. Now, if it was not God's will to have everybody blessed, why would He say, I'm going to make heaven look like this, and you're going to dig in your flower garden, and your shovel will be turning over gold like you turn over dirt here? You with me? I mean, it, now don't get offended. This doesn't mean you have to garden in heaven. Like, oh, great. But what I'm getting at is, didn't he, Jesus, most people know this prayer, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Now what are we to pursue? The kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth like it's done in heaven. So isn't it interesting, he taught people here that the world is pursuing natural things and they're missing out on the kingdom. Then we have taught, by mistake, if you really go for it with God, you're going to miss out on the natural. Here's what we need to understand. There is a world system... And people talk about how evil the world system and the mammon, the money. Well, here's the thing. The system may not be good, but the stuff is kind of amoral. Neither good nor bad. It's what you do with it. Because if the stuff was bad, then why would the Lord tell you how to get the stuff? Because that's a question in people's lives. How to live and get the stuff of the world. But here's the thing. The world can get the stuff and not be full of peace, not be experiencing the things of the kingdom. And so the Lord said, with a guarantee, and the key is, seek first the kingdom of God or seek. Now notice this verse here in verse 32 as we read on. After he said, but seek the kingdom of God. And we don't have time to go back over all the stuff we taught last week, but we saw if you do this right, this would, should thrill the world. This should thrill everybody. You'll have peace and you will not have worry and you uh, don't have to worry anymore. In other words, fear if you do this right can go out the window. Worry can go out the window. 
fear would make men timid and not trusting and would drive them back solely to do things naturally only. I've got to only pursue. I've got to go after it like the world goes after it. Now understand this. You can go after things in the world like the world. In other words, having a job, doing investments, different things like that. But they're solely depending on the influence of the world. They're not depending on the influence of the kingdom of God. And if a local government, meaning, you know, like the United States or Russia or Canada, and isn't it interesting, they're our neighbor on the north, good or bad. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but you think about it. There's different times our currency is of greater value than theirs. Some years back, I remember when theirs climbed. And so the currency and the influence of what can be had is based on that kingdom and the currency you're working with. And so understand that there is an influence, just like natural kingdoms, but from a spiritual standpoint. And so notice verse 32 of the 12th chapter of Luke. Do not fear. We could say it like this. Do not worry, because he said that so many times. Do not worry. Don't fear. Somebody said, then what am I supposed to do? Well, we looked at that. Know God's character, how much He cares. Do not fear, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Understand that kingdom that we get when we're saved is a kingdom that will influence the world and the system of the world. Our lives as people of the kingdom should reflect the kingdom we're in. And it's not a natural reflection. It is a spiritual reflection and a spiritual influence. Notice this in in Matthew 16. And we'll go back here to Luke. But Matthew 16 concerning seek first the kingdom. If there's rules or uh, divine order in this kingdom and how this kingdom works and how this kingdom operates, we ought to, if we're to seek it first and foremost, we need to know how it operates because if I don't know how it operates, I can get in trouble. Right? One of the things we teach all people, elementary, junior high, high school, is how government works here. We have classes on how to invest and how to do these different things when you're in school, at least when I was in school. They taught you about all these different things that had to do with operating in this kingdom called the United States. What if you're in the kingdom of God, but you don't understand how the system works? 
then all of a sudden you could be there and you could violate principles. I mean, we don't let people drive on purpose until they learn how to do it, how to operate. One thing is, is if you're here, you have to realize this. We drive on the right side of the road. You've got to learn how to drive here, not somewhere in Europe where you drive on the left side of the road. And so I already know how to drive. We need to know how to drive because if we don't, you could get into some trouble. I don't know if you notice on our freeways, there has been some issues about drunk drivers late at night. Anybody know where I'm going with this? People getting on the off-ramps and going the wrong way. If you look at the back of now some of our big billboards or street signs, whatever they call them, and look at the back. Now, I don't recommend if you're driving you look. But there are big signs that say wrong way. Wrong way. Well, if you're thinking, well... I drive on the left over here in England or wherever they drive on the left, somewhere in Europe, and I can do that here. You're violating a principle. That principle could be very costly to you and to others. So you're going to want to learn how to operate not only in the natural kingdom, but in the spiritual kingdom. Here's an interesting thought. If you're a Christian and you've been around uh, the church for any length of time, you can adopt ideas. And sometimes you can unconsciously adopt things that are not appropriate. This is one that I used to think for a long time is this. That for a long time I used to think when the disciples were uh, trained and sent out when Jesus was on the earth, and this is real interesting to me, that he taught them to go tell people about him. How many thought that that's what he did? Go out and tell those people about me. Because he was going to go to a town, and was going to go preach there, and he did not tell them, go teach about me. He didn't tell them, go teach about me. Let me say that again. He did not go tell them to preach about me. Meaning him, Jesus. Let that sink in. He did not. Go, go read what they were told to go teach. And it was really what Jesus taught a lot of. He said, go tell them the kingdom of God is coming. Jesus taught, the kingdom of God is coming, and it's not with outward observation. The kingdom of God will come in you. Now we teach the key to entering the kingdom, which is Jesus. But when he was on the earth, you go read what he told the disciples. Go tell them the kingdom's coming, the kingdom's coming, the kingdom's coming. In other words, there is a kingdom coming. Then, because they couldn't enter into the kingdom until Jesus died and rose again. 
here's the interesting thing. After he told them how to enter in, but they still need to know how to operate in that kingdom because that kingdom influences things here on the earth. And if I don't know, I could hurt my own self perpetually if I don't know how this kingdom operates. But I go to church every week. If we don't know how it operates, it, it can be less effective. Are you with me? So Matthew 16, verse 19. And Jesus said this, Matthew 16, verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Who has the keys of the kingdom? Us or the Lord? We do. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. So if I have the keys of the kingdom, now are keys literal keys? Like, you know, I've got a ring of keys, you know, they get me into the office, they get me into the church, they get me into my car, they get me into my house. Are they keys like that? Or are they keys? Like, you know, they'll say there's ten keys to living a successful life. You know, you ever heard something like that? Or there's five keys you're going to need to know to do real good at this job. And then you're like, well, where's the keychain? No, 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 there's, there's these keys. And you're like, well, where are they? No, no. He's not talking about a literal key sometimes, but there are keys. And he's about to give a key to the people. This is a key to living life a certain way. He said, behold, I'm, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. In other words, this is a key to successful marriage. Boy, wouldn't that be nice if you could just go to Home Depot get a copy of a key for a successful marriage and just give it away to everybody you see who's having trouble with marriage and go, oh, here you go. This will guarantee a good marriage. And, and you're like, oh, well, no problem. I have a copy of, of the key to being successful in life financially. Here, you have that key. I'll take that key. We're in business. And we just walk away and we're like, I got the keys. No, if you're going to go to a marriage seminar and they're going to give you keys, they're not brass keys or whatever, they're, they're principles, they're ideas, they're rules, they're governing laws, so to speak. So when Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys, somebody's like, man, I lost my keychain. That, that's not the kind of key. He said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, and here they are. Whatever you, notice he gave you the key, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Other translations read it like this, whatever you permit, heaven will permit. Whatever you refuse, 
heaven will refuse. Whatever you allow, heaven will allow. In other words, he was giving them the key that there is a way that things work and it starts with us. It starts with me. In other words, he's basically saying in the kingdom there's some kind of authority. Turn over to the 18th chapter real quick. Same wording. 1818, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If you don't slow down and look at this, notice what it says. Whatever you, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, notice it's what happens on earth first that causes heaven to respond. Whatever you permit on earth, heaven will permit. That could be good, bad, whatever. But if you refuse on the earth, heaven will back you and it will be refused. Now go back to Luke 12. Because we said this, the kingdom of God has an influence. Just like a natural kingdom has influence, this heavenly kingdom has real influence too. Jesus said the kingdom of God would be in you. The kingdom of God would be in you. Say that again. Jesus said to the person who receives the Lord, the kingdom of God would be in you. I need to know how to get that kingdom working. What is that kingdom like? Can that kingdom give me satisfaction? Can that kingdom give me fulfillment? Can that kingdom do things that I don't know? And does it just operate independently of me or do I cooperate? And we see he gave us the keys to make that kingdom function. And it is based on, what do I do? What am I permitting? What am I allowing? What am I refusing? And if I permit it, heaven will permit it. Have you ever heard this? If God's so big, why is He letting all this junk happen in the world? Why are so many people so miserable? It's not because of God. It's because we permit it. Now, I can't control everybody, but we do have influence. And this kingdom, if it's nothing else, and it is, but it is influence. If the kingdom is really in you, then the kingdom should have great influence. Not just on monetary things. But your emotions, your body, the atmosphere around your mind. This kingdom should influence 
every aspect of life. And if it's like, you know, we talk about, you know, the summer's going to come and it, you'll feel that hot air come in, it'll come off the parking lot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You drive by the mall and if you've got a thermometer in your car, the temperature rises here. Why? You can't see it. You just realize there's something there that's radiating something and there is a true influence. Here's what people need to know. This is why we seek first the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is influence. Isn't the United States, when it's strong, influence? If it's a weak kingdom in the earth, uh, there's not a lot of influence. But God's kingdom, he said, would be in you. Jesus said this, and this is super important. He said when he was young, I must be about my father's business. Jesus, if you don't know, is a prototype of how people should be in life. He was the first prototype that lived out life as an example to others. The disciples were the first ones off the production line, the early ones, that show you can live like this, and their lives were influenced in every way. They were influenced and they influenced. Why did they have such influence? Now remember, the Lord said here in verse 32, Matthew 12, Do not fear, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. When a person gets saved, something phenomenal happens. The kingdom comes in them. Turn to Galatians. Galatians, the second chapter. Now think about this. If we're in a kingdom, if we're in a kingdom, and a kingdom has come in us, what does that kingdom look like? Most of us can imagine Jesus' life on the earth. He influenced the earth. He was influenced by the kingdom. Jesus was the only real kingdom on the earth when he was here. After he gave eternal life and people received him, the kingdom came in them. Here's what we need to understand when we're talking about seeking first the kingdom. Galatians 2.20 if the kingdom comes in you, you could say it like this, the king of the kingdom comes in you. When the king of the kingdom comes in you, you are part of another kingdom. If Russia invades the Ukraine and is successful, 
then that Ukraine will become part of the kingdom of Russia. God will not force His way into anybody. He'll deal with them and do different things, but you have to surrender. It's like a war term. You have to surrender your life to the Lord. The king will come in. You will transfer to a new kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God's dear son. When you do that, the kingdom is in you, but not only is the kingdom in you, the king of the kingdom. Why is that important? Because if we invade another country, it becomes part of our kingdom. We occupy it. When you give your life to the Lord, He occupies you. This should make every Christian not be able to sit still, the verse I'm about to read. Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been, every Christian could say this, I have been crucified with Christ. You could say it like this, I died. I died. Remember, the whole world lives their life a certain way. But he said, don't live that way. Why? Because you died. You died. Remember when the disciples heard the Lord died? And they were so bummed out? But then when He rose again, they weren't sure, but they're like, uh-oh, He's alive. Good thing there's more of this verse. He said, I've been crucified, or we've been crucified with Christ. When Christ died... We died. He said, it's no longer I who live. So that means I'm living, but how am I living? He said, but Christ now lives in me. The king of the kingdom lives in you. And notice what he said. And the life I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Everybody could say this, I live in the kingdom if you've given your life to the Lord. The life of the King is in me. Do you know when you read about Jesus and you read about His life, you should just not read and be in awe of what you see in the pages, but it is to let you know that same king is now in you. The same one and the same way he was on the earth is the same way he's in you. I was crucified with Christ. No wonder we're not to live this world like the rest of the world who does and seeks after the natural things. Because the king of the kingdom is in me, and not only is he in me, but his very life. If Jesus was influence, then there is an influence that can come through me.
one of the great things about using a garden hose is the hose gets wet too. People need to realize that there is a reason we do live for the Lord once we've given our life to Him because if we don't, we're not allowing that life to flow through us. And if you notice, he said, I give you the keys, you're responsible to having heaven and this life flow through you. Have you ever thought about the fact that the exact way Jesus lived on the earth, he lives in me, whether I experience it that way or not? Have you ever thought like that? The same influence and power that drove him to tell somebody, uh, go catch a fish and there will be a coin in its mouth and you will have supernatural provision for your taxes and my taxes. The same king who multiplied loaves and fish, that wasn't just a fairy tale. That really happened. Understand that very existence, that very king that walked on the earth is living in you if you're saved. The same way. The same one who healed the sick. The same one who cast out devils. The same one who gave hope to people. Who caused people to have peace and to have joy. He lives in you. He lives in you just like He was on the earth. No wonder He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Remember last week I made this statement, and we'll get ready to close here. I said that uh, this kingdom life really only works when you really go for it. That doesn't mean you don't have a job, doesn't mean you don't do different things, but it becomes a priority of your life. I've shared this story once, you know, or a long time ago maybe. I, I got a car, uh, a new car some years back, and that car, when I got it, you could read about it, and it says, you know, it has this much horsepower and this, and I was like, cool, this is going to be fun. I got in the car to start driving and they warned me it won't work like it should yet. I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, don't drive it real hard. And as a matter of fact, you can't drive it real hard. Once you have a break-in period, you have to bring the car back in. We'll load new software in it. It will release more horsepower. Why would we seek first the kingdom of God? To give ourselves an opportunity to think different. Why? Because if the king is in me after I give my life to the Lord, that doesn't mean the horsepower is unlocked. But it, he's there. And here's what's so interesting. I remember after... I did the break-in period, I could have kept driving and driving and driving like that. 
I went back in, they loaded new software, the car was faster. Hallelujah. It didn't mean there wasn't horsepower there. It just had to be programmed to release the power that was there. That's the truth about any believer. Here's something I learned that was a, a joy. That uh, I could go to an aftermarket place and program the car again and get like 50% more of the horsepower. I said, hallelujah. Who doesn't want 50 more percent of this greater number I got last time, but it took some modification and some reprogramming. And then, oh boy, that was fun. Still, or whatever, you know. But here's the thing. If the king is in us, then it's not an issue of uh, God withholding any good thing. It's really me reprogramming or putting first and recognizing I can release this same power, this same power, because isn't it interesting, the Bible said the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in the believer. Somebody said, well, I don't agree with that because I don't feel it. Well, you could have drove in my car too and said, I don't agree, there's that much horsepower in this. But once it got reprogrammed, I proved that it was there, but I couldn't prove it was there. You just had to take my word. But once it was reprogrammed, you go, oh, there is more. Seek first. Seek first. Make it the highest priority. And he said, all these things will be added unto you. In other words, that extra horsepower brought influence. It's no longer you who lives. It's Christ living in you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live like the world lives who seeks only the natural and they only get the natural. But he said, if you'd seek me first, really do it. He said it would unlock other things to your life. And the influence would be tremendous upon you. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like the rest of the world. I don't want to live depressed. I don't want to live without peace and without joy. If you, you know, there's so many people who say, man, if I only lived when Jesus was alive. He's alive in you if you're saved. And, and here's the thing, He can work through you if you learn how to walk with Him. I mean, like he lived on the earth, walk through you. Somebody said, that's just too far-fetched. Yeah, all that horsepower seemed pretty far-fetched in my car, but I have found this, I can actually do more and even get more than I have. Now, that may not be exciting to you, but what if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint? 
Jesus met life everywhere, everywhere in victory. Everywhere and conquered. Everywhere and triumphed. Even when he hit hard times.